Hi and welcome to Simply Healing. It's a series of free downloads that we made to help people with their prayer lives. This is download number four entitled Jesus in Focus. Well, welcome again. Um, let's let's pray. The Lord will shed light through these talks. Bless you. I want to um, introduce you to a lady called Anne, and she uh, came on one of our uh, Kingdom Healing courses in Wales uh, in order to learn more about. Uh, the apostolic way of healing the sick, the simple way of doing it, uh, to take that information back for her own prayer life and for the life of her church. And she turned up on this course, um, and she uh, was um, a, a stroke paralysis victim. Uh, she'd had a stroke 15 years earlier, and so she was paralyzed on this left-hand side here, so her um, arm, left arm, was, was built at the elbow through 90 degrees and uh, was fixed there, and her fingernails were tight, pressing shut into her uh, hand, you know, her fist was clenched. This left knee was bent, she, there's no way she could straighten that, that was bent about halfway around, and the, the, the foot at the bottom had been turned inwards, which I understand is brain damage, um, because, because there's nothing wrong with the foot, it's just that the brain tells it that that's how it should be. So she was walking on the outside of her um, left foot. Um, also, uh, now, now, I'm also told that she had uh, pretty sort of blue lips and a very pallid uh, complexion because she had uh, problems with heart valves. But bless her heart, she had come to learn more of the kingdom dynamics today so that she could help her church in this sort of way of simply healing people. And I, uh, she was an absolute sweetie. And on the first night um, of, of the course, one of the staff said to her, Oh, Anne, have you ever been prayed for for this paralysis? And she said, oh no, she said, I did ask once, but my church told me I would never be healed because I used to be a Buddhist. Um, interesting. There was also um, a doctor and a senior medical nurse on that course, and they both said to me, I'm afraid she's stuck like she is, because after 15 years of a stroke paralysis like that, that arm set like concrete and the knee, and there's no chance of ever bending it you know well well suffice it to say she had jesus slightly out of focus yeah because if you actually uh, you know go through the the, the healing times of, of jesus's ministry what you'll find is that never once did he ask anybody it just isn't recorded so even if he did it might have been only interest but the holy spirit hasn't recorded it as being important at all 
as far as we know, never once did he actually say to a supplicant coming forward for healing, well, hang on a second, you know, what religions have you been dabbling in that isn't Christianity? Because, in fact, the answer would have been all of them. They were at least Jews. So, I, I can't see it. But, but she'd got... Uh, uh, um, a model of Jesus slightly out of focus in her mind that somehow Jesus chooses who he heals and who he doesn't depending on their past life or some sort of long-lasting infections they might have got in their souls as a result of some past life or something. So, you know, we had the medical people saying there was no chance and of her perception of Jesus wasn't right. She had the wrong image, slightly out of focus, yeah, of, of Christ. Now, well, I, I spoke to her as well after dinner that night over a coffee and, and I just asked her, you know, how on earth she cut her fingernails because that they were really turned over and locked into the palm of her hand. And she said, well, it takes two physiotherapists, actually, to do it. One has to prise my fingers open with a special tool they have for that, as far as they can. The other one snips the fingernails quick, and then they let go, and it springs back into place. And should I, I'm, my hand is bruised for two weeks after that, every time. Anyway, we progressed with the course, we got on with it. But of course, you know, as we do when we're teaching, we, we recognise that one of the major, major reasons why the church finds it so difficult to receive uh, the healing grace that's coming out of heaven because of the cross, the main reason that they find it so difficult is that Jesus is very often, slightly to a larger or lesser degree, out of focus. Now... Uh, mm, how can I tell you, uh, about halfway through the course, I suppose, we, we had been speaking about the real Jesus, of trying to get him into focus, trying to describe his character, because after all, you know, um, you want to look at God, wonder how God feels about things, you, you can look at Jesus, uh, and that'll tell you. Uh, and so it was that uh, about halfway through the course, she, um, I mean, I heard it, there was a squeak from across the room, and we all stopped talking and looked around to see what was happening. And she actually had, her shoulder had come loose, her left shoulder, which had been paralysed. The elbow was up in the air, and she was beginning to rotate the elbow uh, clockwise in a large circle. Um and the, the, the wrist was beginning to come free. And somebody from the staff just went and whispered in her ear, are you okay? And she whispered back again, I found a new physiotherapist. Well, the following morning, she had a lot more movement in her, in her shoulder and in her elbow. And so we uh, began to pray with her by standing with her and proclaiming, uh, that the kingdom of God was near and proclaiming the message of the cross. And as we did so, she got more and more freedom until that arm became completely free and she could move it at will as she wanted to. A um, bit more of that sort of stuff went on and the knee straightened and the foot came round straight again and she could tiptoe round the room quite happily and normally. 
come back, stood with me in the middle of the room while I continued to worship God with her. And um, uh, as we were there, the doctor who was standing next to me at the time, actually, said, uh, oh, look, the, the, I think the valves in her heart are being healed as well because all the colours coming back into her lips and up into her face. Um, just because we begin to get Jesus more and more in focus and really understand the character being portrayed in the Gospels, as we do that, we can begin to trust much, much more when we see what he's actually about and why he's about it. And uh, that just opened Anne up so that she could receive what was already pouring at her because the cross is the cross. It's happened. It's opened a great gateway between heaven and earth. Yeah. So there you have it. It's uh, it's all it was just a question of getting things uh, into focus. So if you haven't heard of it before, what I'd like to do is to introduce you to the idea of mental models. Uh, mental models are things that are pretty common to basic understanding of uh, psychology uh, but to make it easy for me to think about this a, a mental model is simply um, an idea we have of how something should work uh, and we are absolutely fixed in it it's extraordinarily difficult to get out of the mental model that you're in uh, it's it's the way it is it, it requires huge courage and huge humility to climb out of your mental model but we all have mental models and one of the things that we have mental models about is Jesus and if we're in the wrong one we actually have got the real Jesus out of focus and that then becomes difficult which I'll explain if I may in just a minute uh, give you some idea of a mental model I mean before I became a Christian I used to work in the, the, the industry uh, of in the north of England of manufacturing carpets and when I was there we were a desperately proud bunch of employees because we were making the finest carpets in the western world um, very famous company and we had a mental model of the customer's need and that was that we should produce the finest quality the finest patterned beautiful carpets we could the price didn't matter it was all about the quality so our production costs were pretty high because we had making these things on on very slow looms that were introduced you know a couple of hundred years ago but they were turning out quality um, looms age you know like um, like good wine uh, and we were making the most fabulous carpets and continuing to do so and in fact I even remember um, somebody came along from Switzerland and said ah oh, you should buy these sorts of looms they operate at 20 times the speed of yours and we all said oh no we couldn't possibly have those because if you make them any faster you'll reduce the quality of the product but because our mental model of what of the customer need was high quality uh, never mind the price uh, high patterned luxury stuff actually as it turned out the, the 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 public perception of what they carpeted they wanted on their floors was completely different 
it was actually they wanted cheap, they want fast delivery, they want plain coloured carpets at an pro- affordable price. Um, and sad to say, because we could never get out of the mental model we had of their requirement, which was high quality, never mind the expense, pattern carpets, of, of, you know, silk-like quality, perfectly made, um, high production costs. We could never get out of that. Um, and eventually the company went bankrupt. And I think there's one little bit of it left now, but it's um, nothing compared with what it was. We, we went out of business because we just couldn't get across to the real mental model. There's another example I can give you, actually, and that's to do with alligators. Uh, my wife Ginny and I were um, down in Texas, um, standing on the side of a lake, admiring the wildlife. Um on the edge of the lake and this alligator shot up out of the water and smacked her head down really hard on the water I mean it was designed uh, to frighten us off and I tell you what it did I mean it was just as well I was holding Ginny's hand because she went sort of I mean as the alligator came up and smacked its head on the water about ooh, two foot six yard ahead of us she went up four foot straight into the air backwards 12 feet down again four feet just as well I was hanging on and she pulled me back out of the way and uh, that's because you know we have a mental model of alligators yeah we believe from our experience um, and what we've seen on television and films and so on what alligators are like so we react uh, in a particular way uh, in other words, we react according to our mental models of, of alligators or carpet requirements or whatever they might be. Had, if you think about this, just to, you know, be, be funny about it really, but I mean, had our entire mental model of alligators been built entirely out of cuddly toys in the cot when we were babies, um, you know, cradle toys, c- can you imagine that that perhaps we would have reacted very differently. We'd probably try and grab it for a cuddle or something. Yeah? So mental models are things which, which govern our lives. They, they, they govern the way that we, you and I react to certain things. So isn't it important that we get Jesus absolutely the right mental model of him? So we have to get Jesus in focus as much as we possibly can Otherwise, it's a bit like um, shooting at a game bird if you've got lousy eyesight without your glasses on. You're going to have problems. And I I want to put a thought to you, if I may, that actually most of us in the Christian church have built our mental model of Jesus out of our experience of being Christians, not out of the Scriptures. And this is the huge fight, because... Um, you know, if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, I develop a mental model of Jesus. It is a bit choosy. But actually, if you read the scriptures and ignore your experience, what you'll see is that Jesus isn't choosy. He's no um, preferer of persons. He just says, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And it really is, you know, terribly important for us to get the right mental model, the right image of Jesus, because Jesus is the image of God. And if you 
you and I need to know when we're faced with sickness or disease or griefs or sorrows, upsets in the family, what God's will is. We need to look at Jesus. But there's no point in looking at our mental model of Jesus based on experience. We've got to look at the real one, the focused one, which is in the scriptures. Now I'm going to ask Richard to just make a point of that from scripture, if you would. And it's Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 to 15. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So what I like to do, if I may, is give you a couple of examples from the New Testament of how uh, out-of-focus mental modelling can actually uh, injure the situation. Yeah? Uh, first of all, is a piece I got here which, which, which actually shows you what happens when mental models are out of focus. And it's Matthew 11, verses 1 to 5. After Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Now, do you see what's happening here? Uh, John is in prison. Uh, he's been saying uh, unpopular things about Herod's uh, marriage choices. Jesus has sent out the, uh, the 12 and the 72 into the villages ahead of him. And now he's set off, you know, you know preach the kingdom, God is near and heal the sick. He then sets off after them and uh, follows them up with a lot more healing miracles and so on. And John sends disciples to Jesus saying, excuse me, are you the one who's to come? Uh, or should we be looking for somebody else? And I, I think that's really interesting because what even John, even the greatest prophet of all time, sometimes gets his mental model quite out of focus. Now he's not wrong, it's just out of focus. You see... What, what's happening, if, if you look earlier on in the story of, of Jesus' ministry here, you find that John is prophesying his mental model of Jesus, and it is very much about judgment, you know. Um, the axe is at the root of the trees, the winnowing fork in his hand, he will cast the stuff into eternal fire. Yep, baptize and repent, or you'll be up for real trouble, guys, and you know what I mean? He's painting a picture of Jesus the judge. Now that is true. That stuff is going to happen. Uh, it's all perfectly true. What, what he misses there is, is a chunk missing. And that is that in the meantime, between his coming to earth and the time of judgment, Jesus has another mission. 
he has a mission to open up a channel for God to begin to restore the universe back to the condition in which he created it in the Garden of Eden. And that's the message of the cross, actually. Because that's what it does. It opens up that channel and makes it all possible. So Jesus is demonstrating this by walking around everywhere, teaching the kingdom of God and healing the sick, which is not in John's prophecy about it. But John only knows what he knows, what he knows, bless his heart. So he sends a message to Jesus, is, you're not behaving according to my mental model of you. Are you sure you're the one that's to come? And Jesus, love him, corrects the mental model, actually, by sending him back uh, a message which actually is, is built around some lovely uh, prophetic points from Isaiah, which says, look, the sick are getting healed. Yeah, of course it's me. Um, this is my mission, that's what I'm about, and it's in the scriptures in Isaiah, which of course John would have known. So he's reassuring John. Um, so I just want to point out to you, I suppose, you know, this is not terribly huge sin to have wrong mental models, even John the Baptist himself got one wrong. Now there's another one that I'd like Richard to read to you, and it's Mark 6, verses 1 to 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honour. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And that piece finishes with Jesus only being able to do bits and bobs. Yeah, uh, a few miracles here and there, heal a few people, nothing very much because he was staggered at their lack of faith. Now, that's one of the only two places I know in the New Testament where Jesus uh, specifically refers to reasons why people don't get healed sometimes. And there's one of them. Why was he having trouble in his hometown? What, what's going on here in Kingdom Dynamics, you know? The answer is, if you look back a little bit further up the piece, Jesus is preaching, and, and the locals are sort of mumbling and grumbling in their beards about this, and saying, who the heck does this guy think he is? I mean, for goodness sake, he's pontificating, is that the right word? About the um, kingdom of God, and Father God in heaven, all this stuff. But, but he's, he's only Mary's son, he's a carpenter, you know. That's his trade. Why don't he stick to his own business? He trumped up, pumped up. You know what I mean? Now what's happening is, in, in believing that Jesus was a carpenter, instead of believing that he's the son of God, as well as a carpenter, what is happening is that they've got him out of focus. And because they've got him out of focus, they can't trust in him. You can't, yeah? Because they don't know him. And so it is that he wasn't able to do very much for them. And that, so there's a couple of super New Testament examples of bad mental modelling. 
And ours, if I say it again to you, is really because we build it out of our own experience, not out of the scriptures. And how does it happen? Well, I suppose the easiest way to think of it is in terms of, say, say I, you know, asked you, say I came to you one day and said, look, I, I, I wonder if you can help me. I've got a list here of five um, six-year-old boys and they've all got leukemia, blood cancer, they're all dying. Unless God intervenes with that. So, would you help me pray? And you say, yeah, of course I will. Because you believe in healing, and you believe Jesus could do stuff like this, and so on. <clears throat> so off we set. And a year later, four of them have died. One's gone into remission, the fifth one, and then he dies three months later. That's not an uncommon thing to happen in church yeah people are very ill in our churches we're all convinced about healing we know jesus heals and then at the end of the day they go and die on us i've seen that sort of thing actually pull churches apart with faith spilt all over the ground and wasted you know but sadly but there we have it and that say a year later, I come back to you and I say, listen, I wonder if I can help you help again, please. i got a list here of five, six-year-old boys who have all got leukemia and if we don't do something about it, they're going to die. And I, and I would hope for your prayers and, and your reaction will be, <laughs> yeah, it's all right, Mike. You know, and you'll smile at me and say, yeah. And deep down inside somewhere, your image of Jesus will have changed slightly because of the experience before. Now he's not so trustworthy as you thought he might be. Now he's not so reliable as you once thought he might be. Now, because somebody got healed up the road yesterday and somebody didn't, he's not so consistent as he used to be. So your image, your mental model of Jesus starting to change according to your experience. Yeah, The mental model that you might never have had, actually, if you haven't been taught it, of Jesus in the scriptures is being pulled further and further out of focus and unhappily the further away it gets the less likely you really are to trust and it's trust is such a major major issue in bringing the kingdom near so it's desperately important that you and i fight this all the time because every day of our lives we have experience of being praying christians and every day of our lives is a Bible up there on the shelf. Now, believe you me, uh, the two don't match. And the reason why they don't match is not because God has changed. I mean, quite clearly the scriptures tell us that God doesn't change. He's the same today as he was yesterday. And if you and I had gathered up those five little boys and taken them up into the hills and shown them to Jesus 2,000 years ago, we'd have come back with five perfectly healthy little boys. I mean, it's not... Things, something's changed. What's changed, actually, is bigger than you and me. It's the church's image of God. Uh, because the mental model of Jesus has altered. We've altered it by our... In the main, by our perception of our experience. Oh, it's not easy. It's a struggle. Every day of your life, every time you pray, you have to check. Yeah, I remember hearing 
John Wimber once saying the only way he keeps his things right really is, is how, somebody said how do you prepare for a meeting he said I read Luke's gospel <laughs> which is an awful lot of wisdom in that um, because what he's doing is he's getting his mental model right so he doesn't have the same problem that those guys had in Jesus's hometown he gets the model right so it's something that you and I have to check over and over again day and night out whenever we're praying about people for people we must check ourselves all the time the way we speak because i tell you once we start saying oh well if it be your will lord we've got the wrong mental model because you know what his will is you've seen jesus in the gospels healing the sick jesus never said no he never said wait yeah the scripture actually says that uh, Jesus is not a yes and a no person that all the promises of God are yes in Jesus hallelujah yeah so but if you prayed for somebody and they got very ill and it was only the good grace of the doctors that hauled them out of it and so on then then you know your, your, your concept of Jesus gets slightly out of focus the, the mental model changes um, but you can't trust the wrong model that's the problem you know, Jesus in the scriptures is today what he was then. He's reliable and he's consistent. And we sit there and we pray, Lord, if it be your will. Or we start to try and discern that God has some purposes for this person's sickness, you know. Or we try and discern God's help in telling us how to live with the sickness that we've got. I've heard that enough times. Jesus would never have done anything like that. Yeah? Um, or we sit and try and discern that actually the basis for your sickness must be either demonic or based in sin so we have to root out what sin and get you repenting of that or we have to root out the demons and get into deliverance ministry so the sickness can be healed you know I mean in other words we have to put in a tremendous amount of effort to try Jesus never did that Jesus just said yeah yeah, uh, we spend hours and hours trying to prize God off his cloud to come down here and help Mrs. So-and-so with her bad ears or something Yeah, Jesus never actually prayed for the sick he didn't have to he knew what God's will was Yeah, God's will is to restore the whole of creation and, and I mean I, I may remind you that God um, I like reminding me of this too because you know I just enjoy saying it really God created a blueprint when he made Eden you know whether scientifically you believe that or whether you don't it's not the point really to me the point is that he made a blueprint of what he wanted creation to be like there's no sickness in there there's no disease in there um, when the new Jerusalem comes down it'll be the same no sickness no tears in between time we have the cross to break open again the old road back to the Eden condition yeah and Jesus healing without question uh, what he's healing actually if you think about it is the results of the fall so we we just want to say father forgive us uh, we do believe um, but would you help our unbelief as human beings even like John the Baptist we have uh, mental models which get out of focus 
we know Jesus has taught us that focus is everything because knowing you is, is gives us faith I remember Lord at the end of your ministry when Philip said now what are you going to do you know Jesus says how long have I been with you and you still haven't learned yet and we're like that we, we have such struggle learning forgive us for our natural um, sin Lord our natural way of thinking that allows our experience of life to push out the real focused Jesus in our lives help us Father to refocus on the Jesus in scripture so that you your name can be glorified through his redeeming restoring work thank you Lord Amen well we hope you enjoyed this uh, download from Simply Healing and we hope you enjoyed it enough to share it with a friend if you'd like to know more about how we might help you and resource you then please look at our website which is www.jacobswell.org.uk that's jacobswell j-a-c-o-b-s-w-e-l-l.org.org.uk and you'll also find a link there where we hope you might like to donate a little something to help with the cost of producing these things in the meantime so we see you again on Simply Healing Downloads. The Lord bless you and keep you safe. Amen.